Welcome back, guys, to the Full Cripplet Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys are all doing really well. I'll make sure to go ahead and make sure to check out the podcast on both Google and Apple Podcasts, also making sure that you guys rate it as well. I really would appreciate that, as well as letting me know how well today's episode does. But, yeah, so I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I don't know if you guys ended up seeing my lapse episode. It was actually a really good episode. It's been out now for a couple days. Um, so I can link. I, well, I guess I could try to link that one down below. Uh, but yeah, definitely check that one out. It was a good episode. So uh, it was definitely, I, I, I have like these episodes. I'll have like every once in a while, I'll have like an episode where it will kind of be like, for whatever reason, it'll make it like a, it'll make it like a good episode. I don't know why, but like, it'll just happen where like, I'll make an episode and then it'll be wrapped up completely. And then next thing you know, I'll just be like, for whatever reason, I really enjoyed this episode. Like, this is like one of my favorites. I don't know why I thought, of, I don't know why I thought that one. I don't know why I thought that for this past one. But anyway, uh, another thing I wanted to kind of keep you guys in the loop about is I am, I know that I had that instagram page for the podcast for so long i am going to be kicking it off real real soon um i ended up never getting around to getting the profile picture for it i what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get the profile picture um that i use for the podcast right now i'm trying to make sure i'm trying to find that i'm trying to get that so that way i can put that as the profile picture for the instagram page and all I got to do is just go to the website that I created it at and just copy it and put it on there like that. So I got to get to that still. I'm sorry. I apologize. But anyway, sorry for the rambling. Should be a good episode. I don't know how long it'll be. But uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Anyways, the first thing here we have to talk about today is Andrew Whitworth, Rams offensive lineman. He's getting older. He's... Obviously, on the other side of being in his prime, he's on the downfall. Says he's feeling like the 2021 season will be his last in the NFL. Has considered retirement for some time now. Promised himself nearly a decade ago he'd give every effort, every effort possible toward playing until the milestone age of 40. Yeah, and I actually remember this past season, entering 2020, when he was seriously considering retiring as well. Also because of just the circumstances of the season. He, I remember him talking about possibly retiring last year too. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely another talk this off season. It sounds like this will be his last one, but yeah, so this will be playing this season. will begin his 16th NFL year starting this fall with the same team he's known since 2017. The Rams might end up truly being his last. Said as Andrew Whitworth has said as much, has said just as much during an appearance on Chris Long's Green Light podcast, which reflected on a turning point in his career in 2013, following a patella injury. "Quote: I was like, if I get through this, I want to try and play until 40, and that's and that was just like I don't I don't think that was realistic or that it ever happened, but I was like, I want to try to do that, and so yeah, I mean obviously." You know, your dream is to always try and play 
as long as possible, right? Like, you're never like, oh, I want to play until I'm whatever age. Like, you know, you want to try and play for as long as possible. And to be able to say, though, that you're playing until you're 40 is pretty damn incredible. Like, to be able to, like, I guess when I, like, promise yourself, but kind of, like, tell yourself, like, hey, I'm going to play until I'm 40. To be able to say that and actually do it is really hard because to play even in your late 30s for a lot of players is tough. I mean, think about it. Just until your late, just until your late 30s, it's tough to play. To end up playing until your 40s, so that's you know it's tough. But um, and then he continues to say, "Quote: So this year to me, it feels like this is it. This is like I've put everything into trying to play this season and play it." the level I want to, I feel like this is, I feel like this will probably be the end, but I mean, all my closest friends would tell me that I've said that for about seven straight years now. So I don't know how believable that is, but it feels like it is. End quote. And I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Like it kind of like, I mean, I haven't personally been through it, but like, I kind of feel like what he means by that. Like, it doesn't feel like, yeah, you you feel like you've said it seven straight times now for like seven straight years, but every other time hasn't felt like, like every other time it, it felt like a different situation. Like it felt like, yeah, but there's always the possibility. This season it feels like you're saying it again, but it also, but then this time it feels a little bit different. This time it feels like it really is the end. And this is, I kind of understand where he's coming from there. And, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, every situation is different. Like, yeah, the other times are like, yeah, I might be done. And then you're like, oh, well, there's this could happen. And then that something ends up happening. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm going to keep playing then. And now this time actually feels like the circumstances are meant for him to retire. And so it all really just depends on your body. And obviously your age plays a huge part as well. But yeah, so the disclaimer Andrew Whitworth puts on this is that in 2021, it isn't exactly, it isn't exactly retirement tour we've seen from notable athletes in other sports. Yankee shortstop Derek Jeter, but very well could be in his final NFL campaign. It's far from the only athlete to attempt to play to 40 or beyond with Buccaneers quarterback, obviously Tom Brady, passing that mark, aiming for 45, about to be 44. So obviously well past that age of 40. But yeah, so it's hard to kind of compare the Brady thing to Whitworth, though, because the, the, the responsibilities are completely different as far as positions go. You know, where Andrew Whitworth has to make sure to protect, Tom, you know, a guy like Tom Brady, whereas Tom Brady has to make good throws and good decisions for the football team that helps win the game. But, um, so yeah, so Andrew Whitworth suffered knee injury that robbed him of nearly half the season last year and returned to the field in Los Angeles, pivotal week 17 game against Arizona. A contest, a contest the Rams won without him to reach the postseason, was able to come back for the Rams playoff push, playing 92% of Los Angeles's offensive snaps and a 30 to 20 win over the Seahawks on Super Bowl wildcard weekend and taking 100% of the Rams' steps in their divisional round loss to the Packers. Andrew Whitworth turning 40 in December is a four-time Pro Bowler and a two-time All-Pro 
and has been long considered a rock-solid tackle who has remained the grizzled face of the Rams' strong offensive line. Age hasn't produced a regression expected in most players who are on the other side of 35, as his pro football focus grades have largely remained stable for the last nine years. Not just a fan favorite sticking around for one last dance. Tackle will definitely take a physical toll on your body, though it's understandable if Whitworth is peaking at a life after football, it'll likely be told by his body whether it's time to hang it up following the 21 season. It's business as usual for Andrew Whitworth and is expected to play. And he'll kind of take everything else by storm as it goes and kind of continue to just monitor himself. Because obviously there's a big difference from now to the end of the season on how you're feeling. You know, so you can't, it's hard to answer that for sure. Like right now, like, yeah, this is definitely my last. It's hard to answer that right now. But, you know, we'll see. Next thing here is, so for the second straight year, the NFL will not be holding a supplemental draft. So the league, again, will not be holding a supplemental draft in 21. Tom Pelissero has reported. The league's collective bargaining agreement, a.k.a. the CBA, as an NFL, as an, I love that. I got my words twisted up. Under the new, under the league's recently signed CBA rule or collective bargaining agreement, the NFL has now the right to decide whether to conduct a supplemental draft each year. Last year, the league decided against holding the event because of COVID, and is expected to do the same thing again this year. Can after the league canceled last year's supplemental draft and formed prospective supplemental draft picks, they would not gain free agent status, but could instead enter the 21 draft. Essentially, those looking to latch on with the team in the summer instead had to wait nine months for a chance. Although the, there is realism to expect the league will deliver the directive, will, will, it is realism to expect the league to be delivering the same directive to those hoping to enter the draft this year. Supplemental drafts operative, I can't speak. The operation of a supplemental draft is a little bit different than the annual draft. So essentially what kind of happens is instead of, you know, getting bids on prospects based on the round that they select a player in, they are, and, you know, then awarded the player, then they, if they are awarded the player, this is how it goes. So if they awarded a player, they then forfeit their equivalent pick in the traditional draft in the following year. For example, like this year, or not this year, but when Baylor received, when Baylor receiver Josh Gordon entered the 2012 supplemental draft and was selected by the Browns, who secured him by submitting a second-round bid on Gordon, the highest bid made by any team on Gordon, Cleveland then forfeited its second-round pick in the 2013 draft to get him. A year earlier, it was the then-Oakland Raiders who won the rights to quarterback Terrell Pryor with a third-round bid. Pryor had entered the supplemental draft following his suspension and eventual ban from Ohio State. The most recent supplemental draft in 2019 saw one player selected, Washington State defensive back Jalen Thompson, headed to Arizona after the Cardinals added him via a fifth-round selection. So, again, canceling again this year. It is an in-person draft, so it's, they, they don't want to do it again. They don't want to take the risk of another outbreak, try and limit that as much as possible, and um, which is good on the league's part. I mean, 
the, the, the biggest thing with last season was, I think the biggest storyline heading into last season was, we're going to do the season, but we're going to eliminate anything that's anything. We're going to eliminate as many things as possible that we don't have to do without making a huge impact on the, on the league in a bad way. So like they want to do all the normal things that they normally do, but with the being in the middle of a COVID year, they don't want to do things that are unnecessary. Like a lot of these things that they do have meaning, but they're not as, they're not as needed as a lot of people assume. So when it comes to these types of things in a, in a, in a pandemic season, they want to try and limit these things as much as possible because you can get away with not doing these things while leaving the game unaffected. And that this is a considered one of those things. So, you know, it's all kind of just for now, I think that next season it'll definitely come back for the 22 season. But I hope it does because that actually kind of makes it a little bit more exciting. It's almost kind of like the draft lottery for the NFL. That's the way I see it anyway. Anyway, next up here is, so as of today, Kyle Pitts, as you guys know, the uh, Falcons' first-round draft pick, tight end, has signed a four-year deal rookie contract for $32.9 million. So it has first been reported by Scott Bear, the team's official website announced, or wait, Scott Bear of the team's official website announced, okay. Highest selected tight end in NFL draft history, inked his new rookie deal. Kyle Pitts again, signed a four-year contract with the Falcons. As with all first-round contracts, the deal comes with a fifth-year team option. Mike Garofolo uh, reported Pitts getting $32.9 million fully guaranteed over four years with a signing bonus just worth north of $21 million. Dynamic pass catcher Pitts compiled 1,419 yards and 17 touchdowns and 97 catches the past two years at Florida, 6'6", 245. 20-year-old Pitts owns an ideal size, speed and athleticism that dominates modern tight end game. Pitts displayed stellar hands, the ability to beat both linebackers and defensive backs, stellar route running for rookie and a yard after catch skill that has him pretty dominant. So with that trade to Julio Jones, highly regarded Pitts, many analysts deem the best non-quarterback prospect in the 21 draft is expected to step in and immediately play a significant role in Arthur Smith's offense alongside Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. While rookie tight ends often struggle with the transition from college to pros, given the increased responsibilities and the different uh, the different stakes that are in different games, Falcons have spoken confidently regarding Pitt's ability to make the jump and impact the offense from the get from the get go. Now I've seen Kyle Pitts, uh, his highlights and stuff, and I you know. He's a different different type of player. You know, for a tight end, he can he's really versatile, can really move. I'm excited to see what he can do on this Falcons team. I'm excited. I'm a I'm already a big fan of him. I will definitely be watching him this season. And he's gonna be a scary player. I'm definitely interested to see what he can do. I think he's gonna have a huge year with the Falcons. And I think, yeah, like a lot of these you know, like a lot of these analysts are expecting, you know, I, I expect the same thing out of him. I think he's going to have a big year and he's going to he's gonna make a big difference right off the get-go. 
you know, right out of the gates. He's gonna end, he's gonna start up the season and be pretty hot. So I think he's gonna be a huge difference for that team. And I think definitely I know that Kyle Pitts a tight end, Julio Jones is a receiver, but it's hard for me not to say that there's just a little bit of reasoning in getting rid of, you know, Julio Jones because of Kyle Pitts. Um, I, and again, I know they're two different positions, but it's hard for me to believe that it, it, you know, there isn't some involvement there. Like, I feel like, I mean, you guys have to then all, let me know what you guys think about that as well. But I almost kind of feel like them drafting Kyle Pitts is also like a part of the reason why they, or I guess I should say it the other way around. The main reason why I feel like they, they got rid of, you know, Julio Jones and stuff like that could be because, you know, that Julio Jones wanted to get out of there. It could be, could be a little bit because of Kyle Pitts. You know, maybe he felt like he should be the one of the main players still on a team and that he doesn't feel like he'd be the face. He doesn't have to be the face of the team, but he doesn't feel like he'd be like one of the main stars on a team, you know, on that team and he wants to be and he knows that the Kyle Pitts would become the newly, you know, the new biggest face of the team and, you know, and Julio Jones would kind of be in his shadow. So, I, and that reason, I kind of think there's something there. There might not be. I might just be a little bit going, I might just be thinking too much into it, but that's just kind of what I think. Uh, and then next thing here we have to talk about is, this one isn't as big of a deal, but I thought, you know, he's NFL-related, so why not? A former first-round pick, Paxton Lynch, is signing with the CFL's Saskatchewan Rough Riders of, I believe, the CFL, isn't it? So, yeah, so Denver, the former Denver first-round pick, Paxton Lynch, his now signing with the Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, heading north into Canada now. Lynch has signed with the Canadian Football League's Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I said CFL. I meant okay. CFL. Uh, the team then announced later on Lynch's long and winding NFL road most recently saw him depart from Pittsburgh, where the Steelers cut him September of 2020. That short day followed a previous stop with the Seahawks, but the Broncos stand as the only NFL team Lynch has logged playing time with. So like the 26 overall, 2016 draft by the Broncos was kind of was kind of, you know, kind of so maybe thought he was going to see a lot more action. Kind of thought he was going to see some action after Peyton Manning's retirement. Obviously, then they ended up going with Drew Locke and now. And I don't remember who else they had at the time. I know they had another quarterback that they had as well. Uh, it wasn't Drew Locke. It was someone else. But obviously, yeah, so Drew Locke now they have with Teddy Bridgewater, and now there's a, as you guys know, a battle going in between both of them. Uh, another little side note I guess I wanted to say about that now that we're kind of on the topic is I was going to make it its own little separate kind of like topic, but I figured if we're talking about this, I guess I could kind of lead into it. So 
Uh, I was going to talk about how, you know, the, the, the battle between Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Look, I think, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a, I think Bridgewater is a quarterback where I feel like, okay, let me, let me say it this way. I feel like he's the type of quarterback to where you can get him for cheap and the talent is good enough to where he's got decent enough talent to be able, you know, for the type of money, I would say like, okay, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to say this where it makes sense. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how to say this to where it even makes sense as well. So, for the type of player he is, right? For the little for little money that you could that you would that it would take to sign someone like Teddy Bridgewater, he has good enough talent, surprisingly, for someone like that. To where I think that kind of makes it a little bit like he's got good enough talent to um ah, my mind's going blank as I'm trying to think of it as I'm trying to like say like I know what I want to say but it's like he's got good talent and I feel like he's like one of the very few quarterbacks in the league where you could sign him for very cheap for, for very cheap excuse me for someone that actually has not too bad of talent for a quarterback of that circum like in those circumstances Given those circumstances with Teddy Bridgewater, like not being an elite overall quarterback, but being pretty decent, like an actual, like somewhat decent quarterback, and to be able to get him as cheap as you can, I feel like is actually a really good steal. That's overall what I was trying to say. I apologize for kind of like the blankness I was going in there. Essentially, that's what I'm trying to say. He's a decent quarterback for for a quarterback that you really don't have to spend that much money on. And the good thing about Teddy Bridgewater is he's really not that high risk of a quarterback to sign. Like you can sign him. He may not be ideal. Like he's obviously not going to be your main, your, you know, your long-term answer. He's obviously short-term, but the good thing about him is, is that he's cheap. And if he, and if shit does hit the fan with him, there isn't that there isn't that high of a risk to where you're going to be screwed if something happens. And the good thing, particularly for the Broncos, is that they have Drew Locke, someone that knows the system, someone that isn't have that someone that hasn't been doing too bad and has somewhat decent results with the with the Broncos. I don't have his stats. Um, I guess I don't have his stats really, you know, with me right now. I didn't expect to be talking about it. But it's just kind of something I wanted to get out there. And, uh, yeah, so that's just kind of my opinion on it. And I think Drew Locke, I think, you know, my answer to who's going to start, I think it'll be Drew Locke. I think Teddy Bridgewater is kind of going to be that answer if, if you know, the Drew Locke kind of goes – or, like, if their season's kind of starting to go south, I think you'll put Teddy Bridgewater in maybe if, like, let's say first half of the season you realize your season's already screwed – you could just put in Teddy Bridgewater then, and so that way you don't get you know Drew Lock hurt. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the the direction of the team is in Drew Lock right now. As of right now, I couldn't answer what I think for the future. I think I think as of right now, Drew Lock is a good answer, and 
to have. And them not going in, as I will say this too, them not going in and drafting a quarterback says a lot that they're going in the direction of Drew Luck. You know, because, yeah, they went for, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, but, I mean, you're going to have you're gonna have depth at the position, too, as well. Um, but, yeah, I think it definitely shows that they're going in the direction of Drew Locke. And that's just kind of what I wanted to get out there. But, anyway, the next, the very last thing I want to talk about today is, as of today, ex-Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas has announced that he is retiring from the NFL Yes, he is going to be out of the league now. Calls it quits on, actually it wasn't today, Monday. Demarius Thomas, for, for, former first-round pick of the Broncos, I cannot talk, has announced his retirement. He had this to say on the official team website of the Broncos by saying, quote, it was a tough decision, a real tough decision. Always as a kid or always when I did something, it was always giving my best to go, go, and go. And football was my go. Every year I tried to get better and better, and I knew I was aging, of course. It was something tough, but I'm grateful I did 10, 11 years, so I'm grateful for that, and now I can move on. I'm happy. I'm healthy, and I could try to find my next itch, end quote. And, yeah, you know, you could kind of tell he was going downhill when he did. Uh, you could definitely tell that he was aging. It wasn't one of those things like he's slowly aging. He it showed his decline relatively quick, but I'm glad that he's happy and healthy now. That's essentially what all that really matters. But yeah, so first receiver taken out of that 2010 draft, three spots ahead of where Denver selected Tim Tebow. Thomas grew an athletic, grew into an athletic mismatch in yards after catch demon injuries. Injuries derailed much of his first two years of his career. When Peyton Manning joined the Broncos in 2012, Thomas's production shot through the roof. They were like one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos of, you know, of the 2010s, I am, you know, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so he emerged as that as a number one receiver for Peyton Manning to throw to, earned five straight Pro Bowl nods, was the centerpiece of one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history, helped Peyton Manning break records and aided the Broncos in getting two, two Super Bowls, winning the second. Demiris Thomas also had this to say as well, quote, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say took off for me. I would say took off for us as a whole group. We learned as a group because I had games where I had over a hundred yards before before he uh, before he got there. And then having the group learning together as a whole as one, thinking like one, that's when the best came out of all of us. End quote. And that's and that's how it should be. That's when the best comes out of most people is when Everyone's on the top of their game. Everything just seems to be clicking, clicking, clicking. You know, everyone seems to just understand each other, and that's when the best kind of seems to come out of anyone. And that's honestly the best thing that you can even ask for is when everything's clicking. You're winning games. You're happy. You're winning by maybe 10, 10, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 points each game. And, you know, you just you couldn't be any happier then. But, um, yeah, so traded midway through the 2018 season to Houston, played seven games for the Texans before an Achilles injury ended his campaign, signed with the Patriots in 2019 but was cut before the season, re-signed with the Patriots and was subsequently traded to the Jets, appeared in 11 games, 10 starts for a game green in 2019, catching 36 passes for 433 
and one touchdown. Did not play in 2020 at all. I kind of just feel like, you know, kind of just felt it really, you know, really going to an end. Teams weren't really hanging on to him as much anymore. Injuries really catching up to him. But again, happy and healthy now, and that's, that's, you know, that's good. So, yeah, now 33 years old, compiled 724 receptions for 9,763 yards and 63 touchdowns. He walks away ranking 53rd all 53rd all time in receiving yards and near luck to one day become a member of the Broncos Ring of Fame. I think you have to be a certain eligibility for that. I'm not too sure. But uh, then the Broncos tweet an appreciation post for DT uh, in a little statement given by John Elway. But anyway, guys, that is going to actually do it for today's episode of the Full Cribblet Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you guys for tuning in, as well as appreciate all of the support. Uh, you guys have been awesome. But um, again, make sure to go ahead and rate the podcast on both Google and Apple Podcasts. Um, I would appreciate that. As well, just let me know how well I did, you know, how well the episode did. And if you guys enjoyed it, again... Let me know what you guys want to see different on the episodes. Let me know if there's anything you don't want to see. Let me know what you guys would want to see more of. Um, definitely try to make anything that you guys want happen. And uh, again, spend the episode. And uh, yeah, see you guys next time.